When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, this is Dan. Before we get to the podcast today, I just want to make a quick note. We recorded the podcast pretty much right after practice, so we didn't have the official word on Greedy Williams and the fact that when he left practice today, it was just a heat-related issue and he should be okay. So you're going to hear us have a kind of extensive Greedy Williams discussion at the beginning. I edited around a lot of stuff, so it might sound a little funny in spots, but I still thought it was worth including a lot of the stuff on Greedy Williams and Greg Newsom and, and kind of what we saw. So uh, you're going to hear that at the beginning of the podcast. So if you hear any references to the injury, or I guess it wasn't an injury, but the heat-related issue, uh, it's because we didn't know that at the time of recording. So uh, just keep that in mind. All right, here we go. This is our day one Orange and Brown Talk podcast. Oh, and oh yeah, I've got to say about Football Insider because what we did on uh, the first day of practice was we texted throughout practice, we texted off availability. That's all part of Football Insider. So are some of those exclusive stories on cleveland.com slash browns that you've got to be a Football Insider to read. And you get a daily newsletter delivered to your inbox every day. So like I'm writing Fridays, there's going to be something I hold from camp that I'm going to put in that newsletter. And it only goes to our Football Insider subscribers. So Head to cleveland.com slash browns. Click the blue banner at the top of the page and get yourself information and get signed up. All right, now for real, here is our day one recap of training camp. And here we go, our day one training camp podcast on the Orange and Brown Talk, Dan Lobby, Scott Patsko, Mary Kay Cabot. Okay, let's just start with the news of the day. As we're recording this, we don't have a lot of answers as to the extent of the injury or anything like that, but Greedy Williams... Uh, made a nice play on Rashard Higgins, then got beat by Anthony Schwartz on a deep ball, and then he left practice. Uh, Scott, when, when you see Greedy walk off, what are your first thoughts there? The good thing is that he was walking off. There wasn't anything like that we saw trainers have to run out on the field and, and play stop or anything like that. I mean, look, leaving practice the first day is not how Greedy Williams wanted this to start. Well, you know, it, it's really unfortunate because we all know how hard he worked to come back from from this shoulder injury. And he really has been at the mercy of, of nerve regeneration. That's really what this is. It's a very difficult injury to come back from. It's the axillary nerve. And it's been a really long, hard journey for him. And we will never forget watching Grant and Greedy go off on the same day last year in training camp, never to be seen again on the field for the whole entire rest of the season. So let's hope that this is just some minor thing just here's hoping that that this is nothing serious and that he can get back out there tomorrow and all will be well. Now, the other side of this, of course, is Greg Newsom is going to get these opportunities until Greedy, whether it's tomorrow or we, whatever it is, uh, until Greedy is back out there. These are Greg Newsom's opportunities. And I, I think we've all kind of felt, um, without putting words in your guys' mouths, I think we've all sort of felt like maybe this was going to be Greg Newsom's job eventually. Yeah, I- I had written earlier this offseason about how maybe he's a better fit just based on how out of the zone he played, you know, in Northwestern and how much the Browns played last season, how they brought in a couple of guys from the Rams who played a ton of zone last season. And Greedy Williams, 
not so great in zone. So you want as many good players as you can have. And what Greedy Williams does do is gives you opportunity to play a little more man because he's really good in that. And the small opportunities he got as a rookie, he was really good in man. And Denzel Ward can you know play pretty much anything. So it gives you more opportunities to do different things. And even though he set out last season, he's not a rookie. And he's been here. He's he was, you know, even though you're not practicing last season, you're involved with what's going on. So that has to put him a little ahead of Greg Newsom, at least, you know, at this point. Yeah, I think that we all anticipated that at some point, Greg Newsom is going to be the starting cornerback this year. That's what happens when you draft a guy in the first round. He's going to start for you. I, it's very rare where that doesn't happen. Uh, it's just really kind of a matter of time. Fortunately, he had a really good spring. He had a really, really good, you know, rookie camp, OTAs, mandatory mini camp. They loved him. He actually exceeded expectations. Uh, so I think sooner than later, uh, he was going to be pressing for that starting job. Uh, but the battle is what you wanted. The battle is what you want for those guys to bring out the best in each other. And I, I really anticipated that they would do that. And you need three starter. You need three starting cornerbacks that can start on the outside. We all know Denzel Ward uh, is going to miss a few games here and there, especially now that it's a 17 game season, three or four more with playoffs. So, you know, you, you know that you're going to need at least three starters to roll them in there, keep everybody fresh. This is an opportunity, at least for today, it was an opportunity for Greg Newsom to step back in there, uh, get those reps with the ones and prove that he is ready to be on that field sooner than later. Okay, let's talk about some more injury news. Uh, we find out today that Tony Fields will not be out there. Hurt his other foot, so he missed a lot of mini camp and uh, OTAs with one foot injury. Now the other foot is hurt. It happened in these kind of early days when the quarterbacks and rookies report. So no Tony Fields. Already Jeremiah Wusukoromoa out. So the linebacking core kind of looks well, – well, Scott, you said this when we recorded our stand-up. It looks like something we're used to seeing, even if it wasn't what we were expecting to see. Yeah, when the Browns defense is playing as the Browns offense, they're going to have a lot of three linebackers on the field anyways. And when they first tried it out there, it was basically kind of like a repeat of last year. It was Taki Taki Wilson with Anthony Walker in the middle, and you know, which was basically what we saw last season, except it was B.J. Goodson in the middle. And, and that's what we got again. And then uh, Jacob Phillips was uh, in the middle on the second team. He was out there with uh, Malcolm Smith. I think maybe they were kind of rotating some of the other guys. I don't know like the impact or, or what spot – fields would have been in if he had been healthy I, I mean he's not someone I don't think they were going to throw into that first team and maybe he's on there for for second team reps but I think JOK uh, missing him is the is the bigger uh, has the bigger impact on the rotation there but saw a lot of things that we saw last season from the linebackers today that's that's kind of the bottom line well you know it's it's really not the way that you thought you were starting out camp with your linebacking core especially your weak side linebackers, right? I mean, you would have thought, I would think that JOK probably would have been in there pretty soon. I mean, if they started Mac out there on the first team, JOK would have been in there uh, with the second team in that spot. So they've probably done some shifting around a little bit. As you mentioned, Tony Fields, not ready to necessarily be in there with uh, the ones or the twos, but he certainly would have gotten some reps in there and they were looking forward to him coming back from this foot injury. We watched him be in a boot all through uh, you know, rookie camp, OTAs, mandatory minicamp. He was in this boot. Sometimes what happens is uh, you get a residual injury, especially if it's a high ankle sprain. I, I never really was able to pin down if that's what it was, but a lot of times 
when a guy has a high ankle sprain, uh, they end up with some kind of a residual injury after that. And you have to be really, really careful about what's coming when you're coming off the, the dreaded high ankle. So not really exactly sure yet what's going on. We're, we're obviously going to work on trying to find out as much as we can about these things. But yeah, JOK having to miss potentially his first 10 days of training camp because he's on the COVID-19 reserve list. Now, it won't be the full 10 days of practices because it predates the start of training camp. This goes back several days when rookies and quarterbacks were in. So he's not, he doesn't have 10 full days of the start of training camp to miss, but any amount of missed time in training camp is a lot of time. Fortunately for him, he also had a really great spring. He had a really nice spring where he showed them a lot of things. He got a lot of one-on-one work with the coaches and he, he really, I think in some ways exceeded expectations, came up the learning curve very quickly, not so much that they were ready to start him out. I don't think he would have been on the first team defense had he been here today. I still think it would have been Mac or however they would have done it. I, I don't think that they would have put JOK out there, but he surely would have been second. Yeah, I agree. I, I think right now it's a lot of status quo. And I think that's how it's going to be even past this first off day because they don't even get into pads until Tuesday. So I, I think we're going to see a lot of status quo for the next week or so. Uh, obviously with Greg Newsom and Greedy Williams, we'll see how that goes. Grant Delpit was not really in team drills much today, if at all. So it was a lot of John Johnson, the third and Ronnie Harrison. So we'll see like when Grant Delpit is actually out there in team stuff, we'll see how much he gets first team reps. But I mean, Scott, I think it's safe to assume that pretty much across the board, we're not going to see many surprises over the next three or four days. Yeah. You know, before camp, I I was thinking, you know, are we going to see the you know, the, the four, two, five defensive look, are we going to see three safeties out there? And then, you know, as I got closer, I'm, I just started to think that n- probably not, <laughs> probably not. We're, we're going to see them reacting to the offense and just getting used to, you know, everybody getting their reps and not so much scheme stuff. They're just, you know, it's read and react and, and get guys used to being where they're supposed to be dropping back in zone or, or in man. And yeah, it's, it's not going to be, I think that the preseason games is when we're probably going to see the, you know, the, uh, the good stuff from the defense. So if you're coming out to camp uh, as a fan, just focus on the offense. That's probably where the most excitement is going to be. You know, I think when you look at what's going on on defense right now, uh, as you mentioned with Ronnie Harrison in there uh, with, with John Johnson, the third, they knew what they had to do this off season. They had to make sure that they had insurance policies for Grant Delpit and Greedy Williams. Now they were going into this camp really excited about the health of, of everyone. But they also knew in this offseason that they, they had to make sure that they were going to be covered in the event that those guys could not, could, you know, could not be out there from the start or stay out there. Those are some serious injuries. I actually had, I ran into one person in the offseason that said, oh, you know, I, I'm hearing through the grapevine that, you know, how tough it is going to be for Greedy to, to actually make this work. And, you know, I, I asked around a little bit about that and I was told, no. That's, that's not the deal. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be okay. Everything's going to be fine. But then you look at, at Grant, a ruptured Achilles, that's, that's a tough injury. 25, about roughly 25, 23 to 25% of NFL players don't make it back from a, a ruptured Achilles. And that was in a study that was done, I think, in 2015 on NFL players. Things have improved since then, 
Uh, but you're still talking about something that's very, very hard to come back from. And it hasn't even been a year. It has not even been one year. So I think we have to be thinking like, let's not completely, let's not completely put too high of expectations on him either. We also got a chance to see Odell Beckham today. Again, we saw him in minicamp. Um, yeah, we saw him in minicamp. Uh, we kind of got to see him up close today. Again, sort of like Grant Alpha, didn't do a lot of teamwork, but Scott, it, it was just really good to sort of see Odell moving, doing all the things he was supposed to do during individual drills, making catches like he was supposed to make. He just sort of looked like Odell. Yeah, everybody you talk to seems to, to, to mention how good a shape everybody's in and, uh, you know, how everybody's healthier than they were at this time last year. I know Jarvis Landry talked about those things and you can put Odell on that list. And yeah, it is, it is good to see him out there. And, you know, it, it was also good to see Greedy Williams out there before he left, obviously. It's just those are the guys that we talk all offseason about how, yeah, they made these additions. They brought in new players and they they added draft picks. But there were players that were on this team last year that did not play the full season, you know, or dealing with injuries. And you're also getting those players back. So that's that's also uh, that also could be a big impact for the team. So, yeah, it was great to see him out there. Um, would have been better to, to see him maybe in some more team drills, but they'll get there. And they, they have to be careful with all of these guys because, uh, once again, not only uh, do they have 17 games, but they don't have that buy until week 13. So I think you're going to see a lot of rotation in this camp. You're going to see a lot of being very, very conservative with guys. Uh, you're going to see a lot of guys coming off injuries that they're going to be very, very careful with. They want to get to the starting line, the starting blocks healthy. That's going to be vitally important. And especially, I mean, with a guy like Odell too. So uh, we'll, we'll have to see how, uh, how they use him and whether, whether he'll even play in a preseason game. I kind of doubt it, but this is all about being smart. So let's talk a little bit about Baker. Uh, Scott, you said something earlier, and I, th I think it's true. And I, I remember seeing a throw from Baker that I was kind of like, oh, wow, that was something. I, I believe it was to Jamarcus Bradley, maybe. I can't remember. But Baker looked sharp today. And I think that's important that he kind of hit the ground running. And the other thing I've noticed, even going back to minicamp, is he's very engaged with every player on the roster. He's fist bumping receivers when they come back from drills. He's talking with guys between drills and going over things. I mean, he's dancing with the wide receivers. He looked engaged. He looked sharp. I, I think this team is going to go as far as Baker Mayfield can take it ultimately. And this is, it's day one of camp. So we don't want to go too far overboard, but as far as starts to camp go, this was a pretty good one. Well, I mean, Baker Mayfield's got to be thrilled, right? Because he's got the same coach and same offense and he's got all his playmakers back and, you know, he's, he's running offense, he's run before and, you know, he knows what he's doing. He's now at the point where he's obviously, the, you know, one of the clear leaders of this team, probably along with Miles Garrett. And yeah, he, he looked really sharp today. I think, especially in the seven on seven. And I know it's, you know, they're not in full pads and the defense is kind of playing the zone and they're not, out there trying to run through the ball or anything, but those passes were sharp and they were hard and they were a lot of them were to the outside. You know, it was, it was uh, fullbacks or tight ends going out five yards, turning around, or it was, you know, Jarvis Landry running across formation and, and Baker hitting them outside the numbers and giving him enough time to turn up field after that. So, so that looked really good. And that's, it's a great way to start camp. If you're the starting quarterback. I think the key too is, I mean, remember at this time last year, he had to be thinking like, 
what am I doing with my footwork and how do I call this play? And what does Austin Hooper like to do on this route? And where does he like the ball on his body? And what is Jedrick Wills going to do when I'm getting pressure from that side? Uh, I mean, this is running it back. I mean, it is running it back for the first time and, and he can play with all the confidence in the world and he can play fast. And I think that's going to be the key. Now, as Scott, as you well know, our numbers guy, our analytics guy, Baker was at the bottom of the barrel in terms of, um, in terms of just holding onto the ball. A lot of that has to do with, as we know, uh, the bootlegs and the keepers and things like that. So the number is a little bit skewed, but I still think getting the ball out quickly, quickly, even quicker than he did last year, even when he is out on the, on the boots and the rollouts and the keepers and those kinds of things, I think will be vitally important. I think you'll see him play faster this year. And I think that's going to help everybody. Okay. Let's see what else, uh, what else should we miss here as we kind of wrap this thing up? One interesting note, by the way, this could lead to a Mary Kay victory lap one day here in the next month and a half. Alex Van Pelt was uh, radioing in some plays in seven on seven. So I don't know if that's just because Kevin Stefanski wanted to sit back and, and watch a little bit, or if maybe something might be brewing here, but if we want to overreact to anything on day one of camp, Mary Kay, maybe that's it. Yeah. You know what? I, you know, it's, it's something, it's something to think about and it's something that I'm sure is, is on the table for this year. Kevin Stefanski really, he did the right thing last year. It wasn't time to turn it over to Alex Van Pelt. It was like everybody just kind of had to hang on and get through uh, the beginning part of that season, just kind of close ranks and do whatever they had to do. Now uh, they can try some new things, try some different things. They collaborate a lot anyways, uh, but it is an opportunity to turn the play calling over to Alex Van Pelt if Kevin Stefanski thinks that's the right thing to do. And if he does it, uh, one of the benefits for Alex Van Pelt is it would bring him up into that category of next head coaching candidates. I mean, that's what, that is the path. That's how you become a head coach. And so that, you know, that's another thing to consider. Sometimes you, uh, you do someone, uh, you know, a favor like that to get them in that pipeline of, of head coaches. So we'll, we'll have to see how that works out, but it, it wouldn't surprise me. And then also just, you know, maybe we could note that, you know, we did talk to Jarvis today. Jarvis had some really interesting things to say, including the fact that, uh, he really wasn't himself throughout all most of last year until the end of the season. And you did see that some of his uh, catches went up as you got later in the season. He was started to average seven catches over the last five games. And it was less than that as he headed into that. But not only did he play coming off the hip surgery, but he also played with multiple broken ribs, not just one broken rib. It, as it turns out, he had multiple broken ribs. So he talked about that today. And I thought that was very interesting for him to admit that he went into the season. He was not the weight that he wanted to be. He's at that weight now. So he's in great shape and he really kind of had to gut it out all throughout last year. And also he feels that this is the best roster that he's ever been on. And, you know, miles today too, I thought set sort of a, a different tone than in the past. He was asked about defensive player of the year. He sounds like a guy that wants to win it but also kind of downplayed it a little bit this year more than he has in the past. So I thought that was, that was kind of interesting too uh, from miles Garrett. Scott, I know we heard from Greg Newsom too. I didn't get a chance to listen to that, but I don't know if anything stood out to you uh, um, from Greg. He, he said a lot of things that he said before, you know, he's, he's here to compete. I mean, he's saying all the right things for a rookie. He's here to compete. He's really taking advantage of Anthony Walker and, and the connection they have from Baylor Sam college. He's kind of latched on to Troy Hill and kind of used him as a mentor to, to learn how to do things the right way. 
And, you know, now, it, you know, until we know what's going on with Grady Williams, he's clearly going to have maybe uh, more of an opportunity to do those things with, with the first team. But I'll tell you, the, you, want a, you want a bold prediction that's it's better uh, than the Alex Van Pelt thing. The first thing I saw when we walked into camp, they were just finishing <laughs> up their, their uh, walkthrough. And the first thing I saw, they're doing special teams. And there's Scottish Hammer back there throwing a pass uh, out of punt formation. And I just, you know, had a flashback to the first punt of last season. That was, you know, kind of a disaster. But uh, then a little bit later, the best thing all day that I saw, it was him. I don't, I'm sure there's a name for it, but basically doing like a rugby underhand pass. You know, and he's back in punt formation. So like 15, 16 yards or whatever. And that was, I think, pass, traveled maybe 10 yards beyond the line of scrimmage and hit the receiver right on the hand. So I'm really looking forward to that. They definitely got to try that in a preseason game to have people thinking about it. But uh, I think you're going to see they have not closed the book on on uh, fake punts with him at all. When when they throw a, a rugby pass in L.A. in February, you heard it here first from That's Scott right. Patsko on the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. Maybe maybe he's just jealous. Like Anthony Schwartz is talking about his Olympic potential and the Scottish hammer is like, listen, I could have played rugby. I could have gone to Tokyo and played rugby this year. All right, that'll do it. Our day one recap of training camp. We're going to bring you one of these every day off practice. So our schedule is a little bit different. Uh, probably going to post them not too long after we record them. So just make sure you're subscribed and you'll get these on your phone or however you listen to our podcast. You'll get them right away uh, wherever you listen to your podcast. So Scott and Mary Kay, I will talk to you later.